that was a very weird go. That was a very drawn out go. We've got to think of a, another conversation now, haven't we? Yeah, because you fucked up the last one. It just disappeared, didn't it? Well, I've still got my fair part of it, but you ended up just leaving me on my ones while we were doing it. To be honest, you could have just kept on talking. I mean... I, d- I doubt you would have noticed. I noticed, okay, <laughs> when you didn't respond to me saying, well, it's not like we care anyway. Yeah. You always have some sort of snide response. Oh, me? Snide? Yeah, about no, everything. No. I'm not snide about anything. It's snide, you're stuck up, you're snobbish. Oh, so that's you. That is so you. <laughs> <laughs> I've earned the right to be snobbish. Have you? <laughs> no, I haven't. All right. Anyway, what have you been up to since we last did this? <laughs> well, I, I think I slept for a little while. In a whole week, you only slept a little bit, though. Yeah, just a tiny bit, you know. Are you having sleeping problems, then? No, no, no it's just... You must do if you have only slept a little bit. It's just my superhuman strength, you know. Of not sleeping. Yeah. I thought that was me. I don't know, yeah. How much did you sleep? About eight hours since the last time we've done this. Wow. Uh, that is good going. I'm surprised. You've got a lot of energy. Yeah, you can't see me. I'm yawning constantly. <laughs> and it sounds like you're running around the room and stuff like that. Yeah, I definitely always do that. It sounds like you've already been for a jog this morning. <laughs> Last time I went jogging, it was for a bus. <laughs> but to be honest, I don't even run for buses. I'm just like, it's not that important. I'll get the next one. Yeah, you look a bit too desperate as well. Yeah. How important is it that you get to a place that you need to run for a bus? Yeah, in general it's not. And also, if it's that important, you would have left earlier anyway. Yeah. So you wouldn't need to run for a bus. Even when I'm late, I wouldn't tend to run for the bus. Yeah, I'm not often late, but I don't really run for a bus. Mm. Well, this has been fascinating. Isn't yeah, it? riveting conversations we've been having. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm sure the listeners really want to know about our bus, kind of, you know. Yeah, but speaking of running, I mean, the topic that we're going to talk about today involves someone running a lot. It does, does. It, it really does. So that's a rather quick segue. As far as segues go, this has been the easiest one we've gotten to. Yeah. Did you want to talk about something else? Because I just figured we had nothing to talk about. Yeah, we could do it. I'm just thinking it's only three minutes in, so... True. That is rather quick. <laughs> we can't plan these things. They just happen. Yeah, we're very spontaneous on this podcast. Oh, yeah, we're, we're amazingly spontaneous. Yeah. And we're... really the life of a party. Yeah, that's just the way we are, you know. Just can't help it, can we? No, I can't help that I'm like a G. A that G. will light your fire. I don't know what I'm saying. You, you get his... Quoting Tate Black songs now. I think so. Tom, just go away. Fire. Your love is my only desire. You got a problem? No shit. You have. <laughs> There's someone banging in like the neighbour's house. Whose house? The neighbour's house. Some banging going on. Ah, oh, what are they do? I don't know, but you can. I can see it being picked up on my garage band. I got a bit distracted. It's like, what is that? And I was like, oh, it's that. Mm, I wonder what. Well, I wonder what they're up to. I don't know. Probably building shit, right? That's usually what happens when banging's involved. It's either <laughs> it's it's either building or uh, building a child. That's what I, I figured you were going to say that. I was trying to be polite about it. Though. Banging each other's brains out. But it feels like banging it's a wall. Yeah. But then again, also, it could lead to a Beds child. can do that. True, true, true. Yeah, I, I like how I'm trying to be polite and yours is just banging the brains out of each other. Oh, well, 
If you hadn't noticed, I've only had eight hours sleep for the past week. So I'm a bit tired, Matt. So that means you just go straight for the rude stuff, Tarman. Yeah, I can't give myself a mask. Yeah. I am just rude. I'm a yeah. rude individual. It's disgraceful if you ask me. Yeah. I always look for the barrel of laughs. <laughs> Speaking of barrels. <laughs> how many more segues? Oh, your, your segues are on fire today, Tom. And wow. <laughs> okay, now we just need to bring up a bear segue and a brook segue. I might go on TV and bear rule one day. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> well, I was... It's talking about innuendo, so maybe that makes sense. Yeah. And what was the other one about a brick, did you say? Brook. Brook. How the hell are you going to do that one? Did you watch Brookside when that was on? (laughs) How did that have anything to do with what we were saying? Got no idea, but I'm just trying to get Brook in there. Speaking of Brookside, actually, I I didn't really watch it because I was a bit too young, but I know about a storyline they had where they buried someone under the concrete patio. Ah, yes. Someone had been murdered and buried under a concrete patio. Something similar happened in in, in a story we know about, don't they? Did it? Yeah. Oh, really? I thought this was all natural commentary that we were having. Yeah, it's it's not like we're deliberately trying to get to a story, is it? Yeah. Oh, why would we do that? We're natural storytellers. We don't have to force anything. <laughs> yeah. We don't rely on the outside world for, you know, our entertainment. We do rely on the outro world for the outro world. Outside world for certain things, Matt. Like what? Like the intro music. Oh, yeah. Play it up. Thank you. Is it done? Yeah, I think so. I hate that intro music. It interrupts my, uh, you know, spontaneity. Well, we have to put it in at some point. Yeah. Put it in at the end. You know, on Netflix, Mm. they have the TV show called The AO. OA, sorry, not AO. Yeah. OA. There was one episode, the intro music sequence happened about 10 minutes to the end. Really? Yeah. Like when it got to that, I completely forgot that they hadn't done it. And I was like, what the fuck? That's odd. Yeah, they literally put it in wherever they feel like it. That, that does kind of feel like they kind of forgot about it and then thought, oh, better add it in somewhere. Yeah, like episodes that you and Chris do together. 20 minutes in, that's <laughs> the only time I can find a place to put the intro music in. What you can't hear is me screaming intro music. It's uh, the, the microphone fails to pick it up for some reason. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. It is always with Chris, though. It is always with Chris. Yeah. Yeah, purely because when you're with me, I remember to do the intro music. So, technically, I'm the only one that remembers to do the intro music. I I remember it sometimes, but it's the problem with Chris is he starts going on about something, and I start going where he's going. Yeah. And he starts before I get a chance to get in there. Uh, Yeah, bullshit. It's true, it's true. Bullshit, you both terrible. I'm just going to blame it on Chris, because he's the person... That we all hate at the moment. So. Yeah, because he's the failure. That's a bit harsh. I wouldn't call him a failure. Failure. He's, he's challenged, I'll admit that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Chris, if you're listening. <laughs> mediocrity is always challenged. Is it mediocrity or mediocrity? Mediocrity, I think. Yeah. Although you might, you might be able to have both, so it might not matter at all. Maybe I'm mediocre because I don't know. I'd go along with that. Okay. <laughs> so, what are we talking about this week? Oh, oh, the Bear Brook murders, or the Allenstown Four 
I think it's more widely known as the Bear Brook Murders. Yeah, yeah. And it's very, very mysterious, isn't it? It's so mysterious that you want to talk all about it and I have to sit here quietly. No, no, you're going you're to collaborate with me on this one, <laughs> for sure. We'll just give you a bit of brief background first, then we'll properly go into it. So sure. The Bear Brook Murders refers to the murder of four unidentified females. Two of them were discovered in 1985 in a barrel. Yeah, November the 10th. November the 10th, yeah. They'd been um, dismembered, hadn't they, if I remember rightly? And wrapped in plastic. Yes. Possibly in some kind of garbage bag, but they couldn't tell because I think it must have degraded, I guess. I also read somewhere that they were bound in twine, which I don't really get because they would have been chopped up. Yeah, the actual bodies themselves, maybe the bags might have been. Maybe. Um, I heard it was uh, electrical wire, and that's important for later on when we get start getting into things. Oh, and the other two were discovered in 2000, so there's quite a big time difference between the discoveries. They're both discovered at the same place. In fact, the bodies discovered in 2000, I think were discovered not too far away from where the first two bodies were discovered. Let's talk about the first set of bodies first. The first two bodies that were found in the first 55-gallon drum in 1985 were that of an adult woman who's estimated to be about 22 to 33 years old mm. and also a small child who could have been anywhere from 5 to 11 years old. Yeah. And the, like we said before, they're wrapped in plastic. The second set of bodies was two young children. One could have been as young as one to three years old, and the other one was about two to four years old. But then again, they were also wrapped in plastic. Yeah, identification was made difficult because uh, all four bodies were partially or, I think, completely skeletonized, weren't they? I don't think they were completely skeletonized. And uh, first and second of all, skeletonized isn't a word, I don't think. Um, skeletonization, that's what I saw. Oh, okay. I don't know. We'll have to see. I don't think they were, like, completely skeletonized. It's just one of the main reasons that they had trouble identifying the bodies is because they don't actually think they were reported missing. Yeah. So they did cross-reference through missing persons, databases and stuff, and they came up empty. I mean, there was a few near misses. The first set of bodies, they thought that they might have been Grace Reap and her five-year-old daughter, Gracie. Ooh. But dental records prove that they weren't. Yeah. There were other people that they thought that the missing people were, but I can't find the name because I've got like about 15,000 sheets in front of me. Let's just take me at my word. There were other people that the police thought it was, but it wasn't them. Yeah. I think um, I read somewhere there's at least like 10 people they ruled out quite early. Who? Yeah. Oh, Denise Bowden. They also thought that she was one of the victims, but apparently she's not. She's not the adult woman. No, she's not. Even though she she fits fits the kind of age, the lower yeah. end of the age of the woman, but it's not her. Yeah. And she she she's important later on. Though. She is important later on. They did determine that the adult female woman could have been a Native American woman, whereas the children they think they're or of descent or de, or of descent, whereas the children they think they're white children but it's hard to determine that obviously because they're dead and partially you know rotting away yeah i think that there's been reconstructions done by the national center for missing and exploited children yeah don't you find those reconstructions really creepy i didn't actually i thought they're really creepy looking kind of made me feel a bit sad because i thought nice looking children you know not ugly little fuckers so 
Maybe that's what the killer thought. <laughs> I, I did it maybe sad because they're, they're, they're four little, well, three little kids, basically. It's a bit sad, this one, in a way. Through DNA analysis, they linked the woman to the oldest child, which was found in the initial drum with her, and the youngest child, the one that was one to three years old. Yeah. But the middle child didn't have any familial link to any of the others. Yeah, the, the older woman is maternally related, but we, uh, they can't determine exactly how. So Yeah, it could be mother, it could be sister. Or even Not aunt. sister, sorry, aunt, yeah. Yeah, oh, well, I think, I think did someone say it could be sister? Could have been the same mother they all had. I think sister would be different DNA pattern, whereas mother and the sister, they would have a very similar one because they have the same genetic makeup if they're both the mother and the sister. Mm. Well, the mom, the two sisters had the same parents, both mum and dad. This is very confusing now. It's even confusing me. Yeah. But they'd still have the same genes, whereas like a sister, I think it would be different because they'll have part, part of the father's genetic makeup as well. I don't know, I'm not a scientist. Yeah, I don't know about DNA. But, um, yeah, so what's interesting is clearly those three have got some kind of connection and they've, I think they believe they lived together for most of their lives, pretty much. Which we're sure, to be frank. There's no even clear kind of idea when when they died, really. They think it was from 1980 to 1984. Well, um, I've got as early as 77. Really? Yeah. Well, I've got so many different sheets of paper. Yeah, there's no clear idea when they died, apart from that time frame. So, yeah, they, they think the two that were found in the barrel in 2000 died at a similar time to the others. So. Yeah, because of the level of decomposition and, you know, the DNA yeah. matches. I don't know. Uh, should we start with the discovery of the limbs or...? Well... They were discovered by hunters. I mean, how much more can we say? Yeah, and it's Bear Brook Park in Amstown. Oh, yeah. Probably should have said that. New Hampshire. Yeah, New Hampshire. Yeah, I think we've done all that. I think we described a little bit about the girls, didn't we? They they all had quite poor dental work, I noticed as well. I thought they were lacking dental work. That was the problem. No, they no. didn't have any fillings or anything like that. Or no, any... The adult woman had least free fillings. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of the children. But they, they all had pretty poor dental health, from what, what I understand, which, as some people suggested, means they probably had quite a transient lifestyle. Or they were just poor, because in America, dentistry costs a bomb. Yeah, possibly, but um, some people believe it's more the transient lifestyle. girl who's between 5 and 11 had a crooked front tooth, and she even had earrings, apparently. That's got nothing to do with teeth, but... She's quite young for 5 to 11, isn't she? Earring? No. I I read she had an earring. Somewhere. No, I mean, it's not it's not quite young. Isn't it? No, some... It depends on the families, but a lot of people... A lot of girls can get it when they're first born. I got mine when I was about 4 or 5. Wow. Yeah, so it's not that young. I've never had an earring at 5. God. You've just never had an earring, Matt. You make me sound like I'm not normal. Frankly, not. I think I'm the normal one here. Yeah, whatever. Before we move on, I think it's it's a good idea to say that the second barrel that was found in two, the year 2000 was just off the trail of a mobile park, as in like a caravan park. Um, I, and I will get to that later. Yeah, it's quite important later on. Yeah. I think the 5 to 11 year old, she had signs of uh, pneumonia, didn't she, as well? So I don't know. Maybe. It's probably written somewhere here. 
That's the thing. I should really just read one web page rather than trying to decipher about a thousand. Yeah, they, they all seem to have gaps in their teeth as well. Maybe they just didn't take care of themselves. Yeah, I don't know if that's a common thing from where like they come from, though, because I've heard this stuff like some parts of America, they do have gaps in their teeth. Well, I guess genetics can be a factor, mm. but also you might not take care of your teeth. Yeah. I think we should leave who the father of the uh, second child is for later. Yeah, we should. Did we say that they were all killed by blunt force trauma? Yeah. If you, some sources say um, uh, they only know that two of them died of blunt force trauma, but my sources, which is the police, say all four died of blunt force trauma. Yeah, Matt personally called up Alan's town police and said, Yo, I need some answers to some questions. And they give it to him. <laughs> exactly. Because exactly. he said, you know what? I'm on this very important podcast, which five people listen to. So they need the answers, ma'am. Yeah. Um, oh, just a little bit of geography. Um, yeah, the women and children live together in the northeastern part of the United States. They believe sometime between two weeks and three months before their deaths. I saw that, and I'm just wondering how they know that. Isotopes, I think, is what um, this video that I was watching suggested. Some of the DNA work, you can tell kind of where people live or something like that. Okay. I've got absolutely no idea how they do that, but... It's a shame neither of us did science. Yeah, it would be, it'd be really interesting to know how they know that, but it's it's they can do all kinds of weird shit with that stuff. The thing is, I did do double science and I did do a lot of DNA work, but I can't remember any of it. Like, yeah. It was so long ago. <laughs> I haven't done science for years. I would, I would kind of actually really like to know in a way, because I, I think that's fascinating that you can know that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, um, don't ask us about that, though. Um, yeah. Um, and I think the uh, two to four year old, um, which I've, we just call her the middle girl because that's what the police video called her. It's just a bit easier that way, I think. Middle child. Middle child, yeah. Her childhood was probably spent in the upper northeast or the upper midwest. She comes from further inland, they believe, much more northern than the, the other three. That's all they really know, though, about where they come from. They obviously know that they spent some time in Allenstown. That's a pretty much about it really and they might have come to Aaron Allenstown post-mortem you never know personally I think that's unlikely though maybe yeah we'll, we'll come to that later on should we go into suspects because there's one other than the other one that we want to talk about oh are you going to mention that then wait what else did you want to talk about I was just going to go for Evans because that's all I've got <laughs> oh okay well I've only got like one small thing and I found it on one website. I haven't found it on anything else. Yeah. It's a serial killer called John Edward Robinson mm. uh, who worked in works, who, who roams New Hampshire. And apparently this is part of his MO. Yeah. Apparently there have been theories that the crime, so the Barrels crime is some sort of serial killer or organized crime member that perpetrated it. Really? Yeah. And then some people believe that the killer was a local, which apparently he was. Mm. But that is all I've got on him. I found him on one footnote of one website. So 
they think he was organised crime, so he was taking they a hit out. They think that um, the barrel thing, it seemed like it was some sort of serial killer or it could have been some sort of, you know, organised crime syndicate. Uh, and they linked John Edward Robinson as a suspect. So I don't think the police looked into him, I don't know. But um, the internet certainly did. Well, there's only one other suspect, isn't there, really? Yeah, and um, he's the one that we're going to actually have to talk about. Yeah, he's a major guy for this uh, crime. But someone who's so major, we know very little about him. Yeah, the name that we've got, but this is not the only one we've got for him, and it's likely not actually... Uh, well, the police strongly believe it isn't his real name, and that's Bob Evans, or Robert Evans, if you want to be more precise. It's not even known when this guy's born. So the dates range from 1936 to 1952. I think the police believe mid-40s, 1940s. Yeah, they think he was, lived in, uh, was born around the 1940s. It's suggested he may have had some possible military background. It's no, There's no concrete evidence for this, just some anecdotal evidence the police picked up. Uh, he was electrician, general like handyman kind of thing, I think. And I think it's a good thing to note that he lived in the caravan park where near the second barrel for a period of time. Well, also, uh, he worked at a mill in Allenstown, I think, and uh, his supervisor actually owned the property. So, um, yeah, he's got, he's got connections to this place. Also, um, the police um, believe he may have had access to the barrels, possibly from the mill that he worked at. They haven't got, like, a concrete lead for that, but they, they believe it's reasonable to assume that it's possible, so... That in itself, I wouldn't say, means jack shit, though. Yeah, it's all kind of coincidental kind of evidence that if you build it up, perhaps leads to something. As we said, several aliases that we'll come to later on. Do we mention Denise Bowden now? I guess we should, because that's one of the main reasons that the police thought of him as a suspect, is because of his relationship with her. What we'll say briefly is that no one actually really knows much about him until the late 70s, where he's known to be living in New Hampshire, uh, in, I think, Manchester in particular, is it? Or somewhere. I had an address somewhere. Um, he had an address somewhere. I just thought he was a lifelong trailer park dweller. No. 925 Hayward Street. Um, he lived there between the late 70s and 1981. It's pretty much the only fixed address that we really know about until he moves in with his uh, with someone else later on in 2001. Mm-hmm. But we'll come to that. He possibly lived at this address with Denise Bowden. Although it's interesting to mention that in some records he um, there's mention of Elizabeth Evans, but very little is known whether she actually exists or whether he's just writing her name down. I think he was just writing her name down because this was over a long period of time he was using the name Elizabeth Evans. Yeah, because um, he was arrested, I think, three times in 1980 and at least two of the times he mentions Elizabeth Evans as his spouse and mail delivered to the house was to Elizabeth Evans, but no one seems to actually know if she existed, unless Denise Bowden was going under the name Elizabeth Evans, but I wouldn't have thought so. So The property was not searched in the 80s because Denise Bowden went missing, but no one actually reported her missing until recently. I think we should mention that Denise did have a young child at the same time. 
It wasn't Robert's child. No, it wasn't. She was um, she was pregnant in around about 1980, 81, and she gives birth, but very quickly, um, and the baby's only, like I think, a few weeks old. Um, they suddenly just up and leave, and Denise Bowden's never heard from again. So, But the family at the time, they didn't actually think it was anything suspicious because they thought they were leaving because of debts. Yeah, financial troubles and stuff like that. Um, police did say they've got a little bit of evidence that the the marriage was a little bit tumultuous, a bit, you know, a bit rocky. But no one's suspicions were really raised. I don't think they were really that well known, if I'm being honest. No. There is a photo of um, Denise and Bob at a party. Denise is quite heavily pregnant in this photo, but Robert's not the father, but it's it's not known whether he knew that or not, so... Does raise the question when when did these two meet? Did they meet after she got pregnant? That's the thing about this whole Bob Evans character. We don't really know anything. Yeah. Can't really provide any answers to that, but it's just I think it's an interesting question. And I think that's one of the last real known photos of Denise, I think. I haven't seen the photo. Um I I have have it. It's on it's on the video. Oh, uh, okay. I didn't watch your video. No, you didn't. There's been photos since of Evans and he's a creepy looking guy. Denise, she was eventually reported missing, but that wasn't until like 16 years later when her daughter was fully grown. Yeah, um, we mentioned, uh, I think her original name was Dawn, but she's now known as Lisa. What, the daughter? Yeah, the daughter. Okay. She stayed with Evans for at least a few years. So. I think it was Locations and a lot of years, and some of the years overlap. 
Yeah, I'm not sure that's entirely believable. <laughs> I don't know. I think even even the writer said, I don't know how much of this is true, but that's what I've got, basically. Yeah. Because the writer did put down probably and possibly and certain years and time frames. Yeah. We've got about as much knowledge as he does, whoever wrote this. Could be true, could, be, could not be. Bit more. What we got is he does spend some time in California um, between at least 1984 and 1986. That's what the police got concrete evidence of. He's hired as an electrician at some point under the name of Curtis Kimball in California. Uh, they know he was arrested. He was involved in a car crash. Obviously not a major one because he didn't die, but um, he was arrested for DUI. I can't remember what. I think I've heard of that before, but I can't remember what it is. What, driving under the influence? Ah, oh, yeah. We forgot to mention he was known to be quite a heavy drinker as well. Also arrested for endangering a child and hit and run of property. And uh, this is important because I think at some point he gets his fingerprints taken at this point. Wait, they didn't take the fingerprints at the initial arresting when he first got arrested? I think so. In I think in the 1980s they might have done. Yeah, but before that, I highly doubt he started his criminal career at 1980. Um, well, all, all I know is the first arrests that we know of are in during 1980. I've got no idea about before, so okay, we can't can't comment on that. So, um, Lisa was involved. She's the child that uh, he's arrested for endangering. What they do know is, uh, as you said, uh, Scotts Valley between January and July of 1986. That was where he was living and working. And then it's not until 1988, really, that he's uh, seen again. He's arrested as Jerry Mockerman. And this time it's the, the vehicle theft that you were talking about, the car that was stolen from Idaho. But all they know is he spent time in Idaho. They don't know if he actually lived there or they just know that he was there. So, yeah, he was arrested in California, but the car had come from Idaho. And Preston in particular, I think, was mentioned. They managed to realise that Gordon Kurtz Jensen and Curtis Mary Kimball are the same person. So they know he's using different names and stuff like that. So uh, why they weren't a bit more suspicious about that? Maybe it's just a regular occurrence, a criminal giving out false information because he doesn't want to get in trouble. They yeah. don't know how violent a criminal he is. It could just be a carjacking. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's bad, but... You don't think automatically think, oh, this person's serial killer. Yeah. We moved to March 1989, uh, where he's arrested for some warrants that had been issued by Santa Cruz, California. But I think that's to do with the crime involving uh, abandoning Lisa. I think that's what it's about. One other thing about his, his time with Lisa, she did report that he, he abused her in some way, but it's not obvious whether it's physically or sexually but some people assume that it's sexually the police wouldn't say exactly how he was abusive but yeah what, they can't yeah from what i understood i think it was sexual she's very young at the time so she can't remember her mother at all really from that age but she does remember some female figure that she really couldn't say who it was couldn't say whether it was denise or whether it was and uh, Denise is her, her mother. We mentioned that, didn't we? Probably. Yes, we did. So we don't know whether that, this is some new woman that's on the scene that disappears somehow, whether she disappears by choice or by someone else's hand. So, yeah, he's sentenced for three years incarceration, but he's paroled within a year. 
but he absconds the very next day. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't you assume that someone that has many different aliases wouldn't be trustworthy? Yeah. For parole. That's what I'm saying, though. Wouldn't you be more suspicious of someone who's got different aliases? You'd think yeah. you're a bit <laughs> weird, you know. What, why have you got so many different names? So, the yeah, the parole warrant is issued under his name and under the name of Curtis Mayor Kimball, but he remains a fugitive for the next 12 years. What happens during this 12 years? Pretty much is not known about what happened during this 12-year gap. Apart from around about August 2001, it's known that he had an unofficial backyard marriage ceremony with Yunsun Jun. I think that's how you pronounce Yun it. Yunsun Lee, isn't it? Jun. I've got Jun. I've got Lee. I've got Jun. Let's call her Jun Lee. <laughs> okay. This Let's is just it. call her Yunsun, actually. That makes Yunsun. More so, much more sense. We know that, yeah, that, that much we know is her name. So uh, this is in Richmond, California. Um, it's important to stress that that's not an necessarily an official marriage because um, no actual paperwork was presented to any authorities or anything like that. So Yeah, like those people that think they're going to be romantic and elope, it doesn't work like that. You yeah. have to get a marriage license, you have to get a registrar to do it. You yeah. have to get the right, correct paperwork and then you can get married. Yeah. So good luck to all you people looking to elope. <laughs> I think at this point he's he was working as a roofer. How these two met is that um, Evans, or by now he's going under the name Lawrence William Vanner. Uh, he did some re- uh, did some work on Newton's roof. So that this is how these two met. So they have this uh, unofficial marriage. They're living together at Newton's address, and this is eventually where she will be found. In September 2002, she officially becomes a missing person, but it's not known how long before that I think she died. I don't know. I read somewhere, I don't know where, that they were married for about six months before she disappeared. Ah, so she could have been a good few months. I don't know where I read it. Yeah. So that's just in my head. It might be something completely different related to a different case but that's in my head somehow yeah but the law finally catches up with evans and he's arrested in november in 2002 for the murder of you oh by the way you're right um her name is insan jun yeah carry on carry on yeah i think i'm pronouncing it right but so yeah he he gets sentenced was it 15 years 15 to life oh yeah 15 to life uh thank god Oh, but didn't mention that she was uh, she was also found dismembered. Yeah, uh, and the cause of death was beaten to death. Yeah, so another blunt trauma again. And he buried her in the cellar. Basement, and I believe this uh, cellar was full of kitty litter. He dies in 2010, and so, so far that's the only murder he's actually known to be involved with. But what's important around about this time is that some DNA stuff's taken, and... There's obviously the fingerprint. Wait, was it taken around that time? Yeah, the D- well, obviously, because a lot of um, DNA wasn't all that strong in the 80s. A lot of the DNA is important to this case, I think, is taken from the time he's arrested for Yunsen's murder. I thought it was taken later, but that's purely because of the reveal that happened this year. No, I, I think it all comes back down to uh, this stuff in 2002. I think okay. it's only later on it's properly acted upon. Okay. Because how we know uh, that Denise was Lisa's mother is that Lisa decided she wants to find out a little bit about her past, you know, who her real mother was. And she managed to trace it far back to New Hampshire. And she managed to find a cousin and a grandfather 
that's what gets her directly back to Lisa. So they find out that through, I think it's through DNA, that Lisa's Denise's mother. And it's at this point that somehow the police, I think, know about it as well. And Bob Evans becomes mentioned. So I think this is how Bob Evans becomes part of the case, basically. Well, I didn't think that they believed Denise was the barrel lady until after Bob Evans became a person of interest. Yeah. Because through Denise, they managed to link him to that area. Yeah. In New Hampshire. Yeah. Because what's so important about Lisa tracing Denise is that this is when she actually, I think, officially becomes a missing person. Yeah, because she actually, you have to have a police report file. Yeah, that's when the police realised no one actually ever saw her again after she moved away from New Hampshire. So the exact timeline about how they find things out, I'm not sure of. But the DNA um, told us a lot of things. I think we mentioned most of it about the, uh, the three. Child. Yeah. Yes. So three of the bodies that were found were related maternally and one wasn't we mentioned now that bob evans was the father of the middle child yes yeah however there's nothing known about the mother the police have a big concern that she's possibly dead yeah because the bodies in the barrel were bad but now you think about it, you've got denise as well and you've got the mother mother of the middle child at least um yeah that's what this police are saying that's at least there's possibly a lot more but that's that's the only concerns they have at the moment concrete concerns but um they believe there's possibly more they've got no idea how many possible victims there could be here mm. yeah so nothing's known about the mother of this child really other than apart from that fact that she probably if the child comes from the north she probably did as well i'm assuming <laughs> or he could have taken her up north yeah possibly i'm guessing that's where they last knew of her mm. I hasten to add, you should probably finish up the story of Robert Evans, though. What else was there? Uh, he's actually dead. Did I? Oh, so they died. can't ask him. Oh, I thought I mentioned that. Um, yeah, I yeah, don't he's think he did. Died in 2010. Maybe he did and I wasn't listening. I thought I had, but I can't remember. I, I was thinking it at least. Yeah, so he died in 2010 and these announcements were made in 2017, so very yeah. recently. Um, yeah, these these uh, announcements were made as late as uh, January of this year. So no, March, I think. Stuff. March, I think, was the last one. January was, I think, the video I watched. Or January, like. I think, they announced Denise. Yeah. Denise's connection. And I think March is when they announced Robert. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, March, yeah. So I this, think, I believe. This is very recent stuff. Just to go back to uh, some of the reasons why they suspect Bob Evans... There's this tiny little stuff like, he's, so he's got kind of connection to the victims, at least one of them, for sure. Yeah, familiar, yeah. And the fact that they, he, she was found with the others suggests they believe that all of these four people were living together at some point. Or connected in some way. I, well, actually, I think what the DNA, what they think they got from the DNA was that all four lived together at some point. Okay. So I think what they're kind of assuming is that Evans lived with that woman for a time. I don't know whether as a girlfriend, they know for sure that there's no DNA connection between those two. So there's no like relationship there in terms of familial. No. So whether she's a girlfriend or wife or whatever, we don't really know. I find it a bit confusing because the dates that we've really been given, let's say late 70s to uh, 2008, not 2000, 1984 of their date of their deaths. Mm. He definitely left 
New Hampshire in 2000, not 2000, why do I say, keep saying 2000? He definitely left New Hampshire in 1981, didn't he? He left New Hampshire in 1981, but he's moved to Allenstown. Isn't that in New Hampshire? It's slightly, where, where he was living in New Hampshire was Manchester, so he moves over to Allenstown. Oh, so he's still in New Hampshire yeah, yeah. at the time? Yeah. In 1980, 1981? Yeah. Okay, so when did he disappear from New Hampshire and go off to God knows where? I thought she had the baby, Janice had the baby in 1981 and they disappeared shortly after. They disappeared from where they were living in 1981 in Manchester. What I think they assume is that they moved to Allenstown, I think. Oh, okay. And then she's never seen again. I'm, I'm, almost, I'm almost certain it's that way around, not that they lived in Allenstown, then they went to uh, Manchester. It's so confusing. Yeah, but again, there's, um, they don't really know a lot about it. They really don't? I don't understand how. Uh, it's very easy to just go, particularly if you're using different names, if you're moving around a lot. And uh, well, you've got to remember the police departments in America. There's a lot of police departments in America. They don't all keep in contact with each other. This is why maybe people should get fingerprinted at birth. Yeah. So just DNA database from the beginning. Yeah, I know that people cry that it's against like their human rights. But also, I'm not a criminal and I don't really plan to be, so I'm okay with it. Yeah. The only people that should be complaining is the criminals, but even so, why should we care? Yeah. I do think a DNA database is a good idea, because if they had that at the time, it would have been, they would have been able to connect the dots quicker. Yeah, it, it makes it so much easier, I just think. Any crime. Yeah. Really, pretty much. But going back to your point, I, I think it's between 1981 and 1984. I think that's when the police believe he moved to Allenstown. Okay. I think what they believe is that he uh, he moved with Denise Bowden to Allenstown. Okay, so he must have been... But they also believe that he was living with the Barrel Girls yeah. at some point. Yeah, at some point. Because they, they, uh, the girl was one to three, wasn't she? When she died, yeah. Yeah, so they can't... If, if they're saying round about... So if you're saying that it happened round about the latest time, 1985, they were only born in 83. I've got to mention that the police believe that the girls were the higher end of the age ranges they're given. So the oldest girl would have been about 11, middle girl would have been about four, and the youngest, the youngest three. three. So if you think they're kind of, if you for sake of argument, say they die in 1985, or at least two of them, the younger ones, well, no, I don't think they died in 1985, because that was when the first body, set of bodies were found. Yeah. I don't think they were killed and then dumped and found immediately. I think there was some time. Yeah, that's that's the time. I think he must have had some kind of connection. Where did he work again? That's why I don't... Because, like, it would have overlapped with the time that Denise was and the young girl. And the young girl should have remembered other kids. I know she's saying that she remembered an older woman. Mm. But wouldn't she have remembered other kids as well? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So I'm, I can't remember, whether, I forgot whether I wrote this down or not. He worked at some mill in Allenstown, I think. He he basically, he works in the New Hampshire area and he's got some kind of connection to Allenstown. They know, they know he did some work on the property at Allenstown. All I know is that... Um... He, he lived in that mobile trailer park and he was doing electrical work. Yeah. That's all I've got. Either way, we're saying it's probably not around 1985. That yeah, died, so. which is what I don't understand if they were supposed to be living together. Yeah. So we're saying it's more likely they probably died 
closer to the early 80s mark yeah i think it was earlier than denise yeah so i think it's possible he probably had connection to allenstown before he moved there maybe possibly he moved there with the bodies you don't know Ooh, that's creepy that is <laughs> some people do it i mean he he cut up his later wife yeah and kept her in the cellar so which makes you wonder how much denise possibly knew in a way she could have known a lot but you hear a lot about these women like you hear a lot about women that apparently didn't know anything that their serial yeah. husband was up to but you hear about others that are either complicit or too frightened to say anything. Yeah. So you never know. She could have been like a Rose West in this situation, or she could have been the, um, what's in it? his name, Dennis something, that serial killer's wife, BTK killer's wife. Yeah. That didn't know what was going on. I've got a feeling it may be that way, that she didn't know. I, I, I've got a feeling he was quite charismatic, even though he looks a bit of a creep. Well, it sounds like is that he didn't like being alone. He always formed quite, you know, strong relationships with these people. Yeah, not strong enough to leave a mark. Yeah, just just kill them. But yeah, I, I, I've got a feeling he was quite charismatic. I mean, I think he'd start very nice very early on. That's a lot like abusive partners, though. Yeah, so I think that's how he how he's getting into these people's lives. So yeah. I can imagine him convincing these people that he's completely nice. <laughs> I think Denise. She probably found something out about him, found out, maybe found out about the killings. Because it seems like her disappearing and the barrels being, the first barrel being found sort of happened at a close range of time. Yeah. So what if he offed her, dumped the barrels, the bodies, and then took off? Yeah. But one interesting question that someone asked was, why did he not kill Lisa? Well, it's kind of sick. But it seemed like he was abusing her. Maybe he was, you know, grooming her. Yeah, but... I don't know. Possibly. The thing is, when he got fed up with the other kids, he just murdered them, we assume. Why not murder Lisa? He clearly got fed up of her. Well, maybe he murdered the other children because he had no other choice. There was nowhere else to leave them. Whereas these ones, maybe the other family actually wanted to take her. Maybe they gave him money. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I just find it's weird that there's this one kid you wouldn't kill. Maybe he had formed like some sort of emotional attachment to her. Because he had been raising her since birth, and she was, what, around four, five, five-ish, around the time that he abandoned her. Maybe he didn't know his child as well. Yeah, I don't know. Clearly not enough to keep her, though. Or maybe he just knew that he was bad. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he had some sudden rush of empathy, maybe. We don't know. But then again, he did still abuse the girl, so... Um, killers have their weaknesses, don't they? It's really frustrating that we won't know anything about this guy. We won't have any solid facts. Um, not, not really. Well, I think what the police are hoping was giving out this information is that they'll slowly be able to piece more together about him. Yeah, but these are things that happened 35 years ago. Yeah, but they're just trying to find out anything, really. Mm, it's very frustrating. Yeah, I haven't got too much more i don't think i think you've basically covered everything i've, I've got yeah you only did mention about how much he moves around they are like studying what other areas they believe he may have lived in because the fact he moves like from new hampshire to california it's like opposite ends of the country so he's running yeah so whether there's somewhere in between that he lived for a little while we don't know 
Apparently he told police he spent his early years in Wyoming, but they're not too sure about that because he possibly said he lived in so many states. Like he said he lived in Texas at one point. He said he lived in Canada at one point. Yeah, Quebec. Yeah, he said he lived in so many places. Some of them proved to be fake, so they're not believing too much about some of that yet. So until they got concrete evidence. There's not really much more we can say about this. Yeah. Other than it's frustrating because, to be honest, I know the police have said, yeah, this is our guy. I still can't believe it, though, because I don't want to say it's circumstantial, but it is. And I know he's related through DNA, but the problem is he's not around. We can't see what he, his reaction is to this. And there's, like, no eyewitnesses. There's, like, no um, actual evidence. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I can't... I mean, I think he probably did it, but I can't say for certain that he did it. I think, in a way, it's, it, it's kind of easy to say that it, it, it could have been him because... Because he's gone. He's got... Well, and he's got form as well. Oh, yeah, he killed someone, I forgot. Yeah, and I don't know, he was abusive and a heavy drinker, but does that make you a murderer necessary? There's plenty of abusive drunks that haven't killed people. Yeah. It's frustrating because we're never going to be able to hear it from him. Yeah. I think the police disbelieve, I think, because he's, uh, he's on the run so much as well. That what he's running from is the fact that he's a killer and stuff like that. But as I was saying, he's just keep, he's keeps so well hidden. Like When he, um, I think, lived and worked in Allenstown, the people that he worked with didn't even know he had kids. They didn't even know he had, he had a family. Very secretive. Yeah. He was reportedly seen, like, uh, in other places, he was seen with other women, other kids. But um, I, I didn't get any concrete stuff on that. Mm. But It's frustrating. Yeah. What, what's amazing, like, before late 70s, there's nothing on him. Like, doesn't he have any siblings or people that would actually recognise him from his earlier years? It's really weird. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the problem, like, because they don't really know who he is. They can't say who his siblings are, can they, really? So No. He had any. There's no one to come forward. Yeah. Bloody hell. I mean, it's possibly likely he's quite estranged from his family, so they may have just forgotten about him. They could be dead by now, anyway. Or he's yeah, just true. an only child. True. So, so frustrating. Yeah, I think that's all the information we got. I wish I could have been a bit more sure on the Allenstown stuff, but... But we're not actually sure on anything of Robert Evans' life, not even his name or date of birth. Yeah, I I mean, most of the concrete stuff comes from, like, arrest records. But then even that concrete stuff, it's what he's told them. Well, uh, what they know... Like, dates of births and names and places. Yeah, but what I'm saying is the concrete stuff is we know he was living around there. Oh, okay, yeah, true. Um, That we know where he was for brief little periods but apart from that we've got no idea about this guy um so i wish i knew a bit more about the allenstown stuff i love how we know so much more about the killer well the suspected killer than the victim yet we know nothing yeah i just find it a really intriguing case though it is I, it is and it does make you think how many more could there possibly be as well yeah that's what i was wondering about i was just like well if the dates of death are from nine the early 70s to 1985 the barrel was found in 1985. What if he continued, but just found another dump site? Yeah. If you assume the police are correct in being, him being a killer, they believe he fits the profile of a serial killer as well, so... Yeah, it's not like a lone killer. Well, obviously, if he did do the barrel murders and then he killed his wife, yeah. it's really not like a singular killing. So, yeah. They're almost certain that these Bowden's dead. That's why I should decide. Um, although they, obviously, until they... I mean, he didn't kill Lisa, so maybe he didn't kill Denise, but 
they're pretty sure she's dead. If he didn't kill Denise, there was no reason him keeping Lisa. Yeah. Also, you'd find Denise somewhere by now. Yeah. After 35 years, yeah, probably. You'd be able find to her. catch her somehow. But actually, there are some people, sometimes you hear about stories about people that have just walked out of their lives and yeah. resurfaced like decades later saying, yeah, I'm alive, it's all right. Yeah. I never understand those people. I mean, I have thought about doing it, but I've yeah. never had the balls to. Yeah. It happens. But, I, I, yeah, I think she's dead. There was the interview at this press conference that I was watching with the police. One of the questions was, what about the fathers of these kids? Yeah, we don't know if it was one father or multiple fathers. Yeah. Also, what someone was saying was either the woman was like a, a single parent or something like that. Or maybe he killed the fathers. Possibly. Well, maybe. But a man like Kim, I think he's the type of person that will go for women or children. Yeah. Ones that he can control and overpower. Yeah, that's why I think it's more likely. But it does beg an interesting question. What if there's, like, more victims mm. and possibly Or why victims? didn't the fathers report them missing if there are fathers out there? Yeah. It's either fathers who've completely gone for their lives. Which is just sad in itself. Yeah. That this the fully grown woman didn't have anyone to care for her, but neither did the children. Yeah, I, I do feel sad for those kids. Though. Not their whole life they had to end up dead. Yeah, but that's the creepy murder restoration for pictures. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think they're creepy. I maybe it's because I know they're dead, but I think it's a bit creepy, especially child number one second. I think it's child middle child, the one with the dark hair. Oh, Bob Evans's kid. Yeah, I think that's the middle child one. The one that the photo I'm looking at. I think her, she's even more creepy because I recognise her from somewhere. Really? <laughs> yep. <laughs> she's still alive. She seems so. familiar to me. And I don't know where from. Yeah. It was weird. She was like the, she was, even from like that photo, she's the odd one out. And you think, she is. But actually, she has darker hair like the mother, well, the adult. Yeah. Whereas the other two have lighter hair. Yeah. But then again, if the other two have lighter features, I have trouble believing that shade are the Native Americans' daughters. Um, it could be the, the, the face sometimes, not necessarily mm, the colour. Maybe. Um, maybe. And I, I think she's more likely to be an aunt, so more of a distant relative, but still familiarly related. Yeah, I see, because I, I read that it could possibly be mother on Wikipedia, but the police, I didn't get the sense they believed it was the mother. No, they think that it's either, it, it's someone familiarly, I can't even say the word. Familiar. Someone familiarly related to them on the mother's side. Yeah. I'd, it'd be really interesting to know who they are. Really would. I know it's just a name in a way. I would as well, but to be honest, I don't actually think we're ever going to find out because Bob Evans is dead and he is the most likely to have killed them. And as it stands, it doesn't like anyone's looking for these girls. Yeah, I think also the problem is, I think the police are saying they've pretty much got the most they can out of the DNA they've got. Yeah. And because, like, they're saying, I think from the, um, from the woman, the DNA degraded so much, they can't really get much at all from that. Yeah. I mean, there is only so much you can get. Yeah, they just, I think they've been dead too long to really, you might just get a name, but I don't even know much about them. Yeah. Um, and if someone came out and said, oh, yeah, no, that's my wife or my daughter's, I don't actually think I'd believe him at this point. I was like, where have you been the last 35 years? Wait, how long has it been? About 30 years, 32 years. Yeah, if you're going on when, when two of them are found. Yeah, I say that because we know at least they were gone at least from then. Yeah. So where have you been for the last 32 years? Yeah, it's not going to reflect well on you, is it? <laughs> Me? No, not you. 
if, if the person that has not given a shit for 32 years and decides to come out and say, yeah, no, that's my wife and kids. Yeah, it's, it's a really weird case, this one. It really, really is. It's just, I, I think it's weird how you can go so hidden. Like, I know, how does that happen? Yeah, I, I don't even think they probably went to school or anything like that because I'm pretty sure, I know schools are big places, but I'm pretty sure someone would remember them, like a teacher or anything. Yeah, a they must kid. do. I think, they've got, I think they've got to move around with them a lot. Maybe it's a family of the Benders or something. The who? <laughs> the Benders. Should I know that? Uh, I don't know if it's well-known or it's something that I know. Let me just Google quickly. Because I don't want to say, as a matter of factly, what the benders are if no one, literally no one else apart from me, is going to know. Mm. Okay. They're known as the Bloody Bender family. They're a family of serial killers. The span of killings were between 1869 and 1872, and they have 11 known victims. Mm. Yeah, so someone that I know, apparently. <laughs> Not you guys. Where was that from? Um, it's real. It's in Kansas. Oh, it okay. happened in Kansas. Ah. So there were four members of this family. John Bender, Elvira Bender, Kate Bender, John Bender Jr. Wow, that sounds creepy. Yeah. Apparently, John and Kate were supposed to be the son and daughter, but some people believe that they were actually married, either as well or instead of being son and daughter. Who knows? Nice. (laughs) Lovely that one is. It's not near here. So, yeah, maybe he came from a family of benders. (laughs) That's what I meant. Maybe he did a bender, yeah. Anyway, I don't really think there's much we can do about this yeah I, i've got no more so i had no more a very long time ago yeah so i think we can bid good day the only other thing i would say is watch the video of the police conference it's got a, a bit it's got most of the detail that the police got so okay well is this the one that happened this year yeah the, the yeah. Press conference um if, okay just type in bearbrook murder and it's got the police conference and it's got the information in if people are interested so i think people should be interested yeah by the way they got like an episode and a half because we, we talked about the bender family yeah yeah so i think they should pay us this time we should get a tip yeah, you're getting two for, for one. One and a half for the price of none because you don't pay for this. Yeah, bastards. <laughs> Maybe we should set up a Patreon account. <laughs> you can pay us one penny an episode. Yeah, bitches. Yeah. Anyway, I think we can probably say bye because there's really nothing we can say yeah. anymore. Everything's done. We can't solve this one. We can't solve this one and we will never solve this yeah, one. Yeah, we, we don't even live in the same country, so... We don't, so we can't actually do proper research. We can't go to Allenstown, New Hampshire, look around the site, gather all our evidence and DNA molecules that we can test in our laboratory because the dog's deduction have the, enough money for a laboratory. Yeah. Why am I saying it's so weird? Laboratory. Laboratory. In the lab. To say in the in lab. In the lab. <laughs> yeah. So we take it back to our lab, the dog's deduction lab, and then we put it in the dog processor and that assess everything that we've got. Even though we put it all in the one bag, we don't even separate into little evidence bags. Yeah. We, we, yeah. Yeah, we're really not built for that kind of thing, are we, really? Wait, we aren't. We Google and we read. Yeah. And we watch. That's it. That's all we can do. And then good listeners listen to us. Yeah. If it involves me leaving the house, I'm not doing the research. (laughs) (laughs) Unless it's me doing the research at work instead of doing work. Yeah. What we should do is we should go to the graveyard and find a person and just tell their life story. Okay, but we have to make sure that they died a really, really long time ago. Yeah, and... You can make up something about them being murdered. 
It'd be great. Yeah, and like the listeners wouldn't realise what we're doing because yeah. the person isn't famous. Yeah, nobody cares about, you know, someone who's not famous. Exactly. Yeah. And so then we'd be satirising celebrity culture then. I'm not sure We'd how. become a satire yeah. of ourselves. I know. <laughs> I, 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 I think we should go before we have any more good ideas. I really do, because we are actually giving out great ideas for other people that want to start a podcast. Yeah. Podcast, I mean, not podcast. <laughs> yeah, we should stop yeah. with the good ideas. Yeah, Doesn't let's stop. Anything. Let's keep all the ideas to ourselves. Yeah. Anyway, good bye. Au revoir. Bye.